Champagne, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins. So stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. I always get a little nervous when there is a police officer in the house. I asked him if he was driving his police car, and he said no. And I was relieved because our neighbors would stop talking. So we have Matt Stuckey across from me. I'm meeting him for the first time. He was a referral from a previous guest, and he comes in with an open mind, and it sounds like a really nice compelling drive and story to tell us today. One that I support, which is the police officers in our area. So he is going to tell us about his foundation and what led him here. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's pronounced Matt Stuckey, but he said on the East Coast, it's Stuckey. Midwest, we're going Stuckey. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Matt. Okay. So the person who referred me was a previous guest, like we said, and I kind of ran through his bullet points, and he was pretty accurate. So we're going to kind of start from the beginning. You are an 03 graduate of Paxton Buckley Loda. Yes. PBL. Yep. You say PBL like I should know what that is. Yeah, I forget that it's a little rural town, like, uh, but it's not too far from here. But And just... PBR, is, is that the beer? Yeah. Okay, PBL. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you're one year younger than me. And did you play sports in high school or anything? Yeah, I played everything. Really? Yeah, I was a busybody. Oh, that's good, though. Yeah, I loved it. So after high school, what happens? Signed up for the Army. Yeah. Um, I went and got my papers, got sworn in, and then went back, played sports, and tore cartilage underneath my kneecap, and was medically discharged before I even went to boot camp. And so that was kind of a bummer. Did that feel like shattered dream? I mean... Yeah. It was devastating. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah. You did not want to go to college. I did eventually. Okay. Um, I mean, being all honest, like, you know, we couldn't afford it. So that was the, even like a Parkland or something. So that was kind of the next kind of thing. Go there, you know, have government pay for, help pay for college. Very common story. Yeah. And especially at that time, I mean, college was a big thing. So like, if you didn't have that college degree or something like that, like you wouldn't move on. Not that like it is today, but um, especially being in the service, kind of bump you up a little bit in jobs, but that was heartbreaking. Okay. Sure. So you had to go immediately to plan B. Yeah. Yeah. And that was... Uh, Coast Guard you were going to try I for? Was, yeah, I was going to. So I signed up. I actually went to Parkland. You know, you get what everybody I think did and you get student loans and you figure out how to pay for it then. And uh was going to go take a couple of classes there, start doing that, got to hold the Coast Guard. Now, how come Coast Guard, you can have a bum knee? Yeah. So the knee was good. I mean, 
it took a while. Yeah. Um, it was about a year, year or two, I think. And then, you know, you had to go through and show that your knee was good. It was a whole process. Okay. Um, but yeah, I went through, was going to go, I was still going to college, taking classes, figured I'd take a break, go to the service and then, uh, sat on my doorstep waiting for to go get sworn in and recruiter forgot to come pick me up. That's really sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, you know, like we were talking about before, it was God's will, like, you know, not the right time for it. And as much as I think sometimes we want to push for things, like if it's not the time, it's not the time. So how long did you sit on the doorstep? Like literally you're sitting on the doorstep Yeah, yeah, yeah. with your bag next to you. Yeah. I just had like a little bag for the day. Like I had snacks <laughs> in it and stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it was going to be over in Indy. I think it was to go get sworn in and everything and get your papers and then be brought back home later that night. And, uh, yeah, I sat there, I think for like a little over an hour. That and is so sad. Yeah. It was kind of terrible. Oh it, was, it was a rough weekend. So did you call anyone to check? I tried calling the recruiter. I didn't get a hold of him. And, uh, it was later that day and he realized like, oh man. And at that point, like, could have rescheduled it, but I was like, all right, there's a reason why I'm not really why the whole army thing didn't, you know, that happened, you know, this happened. I was like, all right, maybe I'm not supposed to do this right now. Maybe mm. we'll just, let's go to school and see what happens. So you, even at that age, you had the foresight to think maybe this isn't in the cards for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you took it as a, like a cosmic sign, a sign from above. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I just took it as a, you know, not the right place, not the right time. Let's just wow. roll with it and let's see what happens. Okay. So, yeah. So you continue through school? Yeah. Okay. And what's your first big boy job, so oh, to speak? Oh, man. It's funny. Um, I work construction um, for actually uh, somebody that lived down the road from me. It was uh, Hoke Construction. Okay. Um, I went to school with their son and he lived right down the road. And so I worked for them. I guess you would kind of call it big boy job. Yeah. I was still in high school. Okay. Um, you know, working with a bunch of guys that know how to build homes and stuff. And sure. you look like a fool, you know, just, but yeah, I mean, I guess that'd be big boy. And then, um, I worked for the Champaign Park District working on the fields, um, and leading teams over here and working for, you know, stuff like that. So like, you mean like refing? No, like, uh, we helped build, I think it was Zahn Park out there yeah, off of sure. Staley. Uh, we helped build that field from the ground up and oh, then, that's neat. uh, work on the fields over there, Dodds Park over there by Parkland. Okay. So when they rebuilt that thing or you know, newly built. We uh, took care of those for the national softball tournaments and stuff oh, like that's that. Cool. So it was a fun job. I wouldn't call it like a big boy job, I guess, but it, it was, but yeah, it was still a fun job. And you got to be outside. Yeah. And be around sports and which I love. And so that was kind of fun. Okay. So what would you consider your first big boy job? I would say I started as a warehouse guy for Pepsi. Okay. I um, started working in there and ground up and, uh, Worked my way up to a trainer, then a swing driver that would fill in, and then all the way up to my own my own route, commercial route. And what about Bulldog out of Muhammad? That was a cool thing. A friend of mine knew the owner. Uh, he previously worked for him uh, for a cell phone company, and uh, he started this, you know, dumpster business, mm -hmm. and uh, it started off really small. And oh, uh, so you were there from like the inception? Yeah, pretty. I mean, close to. He started, I think, like a year or two before um, I did, but he only had one driver. And, oh wow! Uh, but yeah, it got big to where it's like nine years later, and he's anywhere you go on campus right now where mm -hmm. they build stuff, or you know, uh, Carl when they built some of the big things over there. Yeah, you'd see the bright orange bulldog dumpster yes, there. Yes, and, um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, Phil Vancewall worked for him. He's a really good dude, and. Uh, yeah, so that, I'd say that was 
his next F for bulldog was okay. Guy, yeah. Those jobs, those blue collar jobs, yeah. as I would describe them, did they give you any fulfillment? Uh, yes and no. Um, a lot of it was dealing with the public. And okay. I, I love talking to people. So you get to meet people from all walks of life, you know? So that was fun. I got to kind of be on my own and do my own thing mm-hmm. and make my own schedule. You know, even though I'm following somebody else's schedule, I still dictated my day on how hard I wanted to work. But yeah, I just never had that like serve capacity, I guess. So what was missing in all of those manual labor jobs? Doing something for the community and doing something like bigger than myself. Okay. I think, yeah. Okay. So this leads us to the next chapter of your life, really. Yeah. What's happening culturally at this time when your life really takes a shift in the community, nationally, in the news? Yeah. It was... uh, a lot of bad things, people. <laughs> I really don't know how to put it. I know. Yeah. I know. Sometimes you got to be careful with what you say. Sure. But I think just people started really hating each other. Right? Hated the uh, certain professions. weren't listening to each other, and I think it started a a road to where you know bad things started happening. People turned against the police. Yeah. To really simply put it. Yeah. People started to see law enforcement as the bad guys instead of the perpetrators. Yeah. And that's hard to say bad guys. I mean, I think, you know, in every profession and we might dig into this more, but I think with every profession there's, you know, there's where there's one bad egg, you Uh know, I mean, and I think nobody looked at that um, in that sense. Uh I think it was just looked as in, Hey, this happened. And all, all, all of them are like that. Yeah. And, Nobody wanted to listen. Nobody wanted to talk. It was just what we were being told on the media and social media. And nobody was getting the full facts. And that I don't think that helped out a lot at all. I talked to another police officer, retired police officer, and he said the same thing. Yeah. With There's going to be one bad doctor at the hospital. Absolutely. One bad nurse. Um, one bad checker at Schnooks. I mean, yeah. wherever you go, there's going to be a bad egg, like you said. But... It just gets so blown up. It does. And especially in this profession, like you don't see people rioting over because their eggs got smashed in the, you know, in the bag or, right. you know, I know there's bad teachers, you know, they do some really bad things with kids over the years, but yeah, you don't see people outside picketing and, and rioting over it and asking and saying all these teachers are bad. I think this profession is so highlighted because there's a gun involved and something that could take somebody's life. Um, and that escalates things, I think, quite a bit. You think because they're armed and they have the right to bear arms and shoot to protect, that's why they're under so much scrutiny? Um, why are they under so much scrutiny? I, Law enforcement. Honestly, and, and I mean, this might not be everybody's opinion, but I think it's what we're told. We carry a gun not to go out there to kill somebody. I mean, we don't we don't wake up in the morning and be like, hey, this is our goal. Like Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Majority of our jobs are go out there to make the community safe, make sure that, you know, nobody's damaging somebody's home and, and we can take care of a situation if we need to. Uh, we don't ever go into it wanting to use lethal force. Sure. You know, there's, there's so many other tools, like they say, on our belt that we can use to de-escalate something. You mm-hmm. know, that's the last thing I think any officer wants to use and come to. And when it comes to that, there's, you know, things have gone the wrong way. Right. Okay. So you end up becoming a police officer. Yeah. Long story short. Yeah. And as the person who referred me described, you 
went into a burning building when others were running away. That's what, uh, that's what Tony says. That's what he's told me before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So many people were running from the profession. It's looked down upon at this moment and their applicants were fewer and far between. Yeah. Yeah. And you decided this is a good time to join up. Yeah. So what was that click moment where I'm going to put my application in? Um, it even started before this, um, you know, years before I tried getting on at different departments and that was when people like wanted to be a cop. Um, that's when they were wanting to, um, two spots for one department and then they had 500 people apply. So, you know, as the years went past, I mean, apply and apply and apply and keep trying and get your name in there and it just didn't work out. And, uh, so was that discouraging? Cause that's like another disappointment in your <laughs> life. Yeah, I guess disappointing, but you know, I think it goes all on down to that. Like, Hey, it is what it is. Like if I'm called to do something else, I mean, I will. And if it's meant for me to do this, I'll, I'll do it and I'll keep going. But eventually like, Hey, if the doors were open for that mm. and they kept opening, but right to, to get to a point they shut. So it wasn't the right time. So, you know, you start getting to a point to where you say, okay, if this is not what I'm supposed to do in the long term, just don't open up that door at all. Just mm. keep it shut. Let, let me show that and I'll move on from it. But I knew that there was something was going to happen down the road because those doors kept opening little by little. And you'd move into the next door, the next door, the next door. And it's like, okay, we're getting somewhere. It's just a matter of time when it was going to happen. What did your friends and family say at this moment in time? I was crazy. Really? Yeah, they were worried about it. Yeah. Especially now. And what job were you leaving? Was that, or were you at Bulldog? Bulldog, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So going from a steady, steady, you know, Monday through Friday, maybe every other weekend, you know, five or 6 a.m. to maybe four in the afternoon and being at home every night. And, you know, I could take vacation when I want to and stuff to, you know, working nights, working days, you know, working 12 hours overnights, not being able to have access to my phone right away. And, mm. you know, you hear sirens go off and, you know, hey, I heard this is going on in town, not knowing where I'm at or if I'm on that call. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a stressful thing. Okay, so when you finally got the, you're hired, mm -hmm. how did you feel? Had you already quit or was there a lapse? I got offered a job, um, talked to my old boss about it. Um, he was pretty upset, rightfully so. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because we established a pretty good friendship. Like he saw my kids basically from like when my son was born and my son's nine now. Mm. So there was that like whole hey, where I'm part of your family and part of his. I remember his kids growing up and being little and then like one graduated from high school mm. and going to college. So yeah, it was kind of a bummer and I totally got it, but he understood because I've had these discussions with him before. So. Did he know you were applying? No. Okay. No. And I, and I still feel bad about this day. I still apologize to him, but like you're afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like what happens if you don't get it? Yeah, you know? yeah, And then yeah. you got to, you have that like guilt of like, oh, oh man, yeah. I was leaving to go somewhere else, yeah, yeah. you know, so literally what was the process like you applied online you walked in the police department i applied online um and then you go through like this whole vetting process and then you have a physical test and then uh, if you pass that they get you in for um like uh it's a test uh, over off of bloomington it's like a written test and then okay. That's a crazy test. They ask you some weird questions in there. Really? In different ways. Yeah. it's To find out how sane you are? Yeah, to make sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
how neutral you are yeah about certain things and then like you know if you answer something a certain way like they like you know do you get along with your mom and you could be like no and they'll be like why don't you get along with your mom you know so it's like is this face to face no it's all like written but then like once you turn it in like then they kind of talk to you about it afterwards like certain things that might have poked out yeah okay in relation to the george floyd killing are we close to that was this right after that yeah yeah i think so was that like two years ago? Yeah, and that's yeah. what I would call. Yeah, right in the heightened. I the mean, we were turning point. So May twenty twenty. Yeah, it might have been. It was a little after it. Oh my gosh! Because yeah, I'm coming up on two years. September 9th. And when you started, what were your hours? Um, I was working nights, so it was six p to six a. That's awful. I mean, I've worked nights before, but like that was a whole new ball game. You can have it to where, like, immediately as soon as you're, like, getting picked up by your field training officer, like, you're on the go. And you can be on the go until 3 o'clock in the morning, not eat, not have a second. Or you can be picked up and you're driving around the county, whatever beat is yours, and trying to find something to do. Okay. Yeah. You're not at a donut shop. No. Like the stereotypes. I do like donuts, but okay. no, not at, yeah. <laughs> now, I asked you before we started. Yeah. If you, you'd pull me over for not having a front license plate, because I just got a ticket for this. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah. And you were diplomatic in your answer. Are you going to be diplomatic on the podcast? Eh, maybe. Yeah. You said they're trying to get in my car. Kind no, of. I, I mean, no, I think it's, I mean, it's, you know, if you don't have a front plate, I mean, it's a violation of the code. Yeah. You know, okay. You're being code. very yeah. police officer. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a violation of the Illinois vehicle code. So, I mean, it's a. Uh, you know, it's a violation, so we can find out, like, you know, you can find out who's in the car or something like that. So you never know. Is there a five-mile buffer if the speed limit's 35 <laughs> Yeah. and I'm going 39, am I speeding? I think it's each officer's discretion. I mean, technically you are. Like, let's be real. Like, okay. 35 is 35, but, I mean, I look the other way, depending on where you're at. If I have a cell phone at my ear. Yeah, I'm going to get you every time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm putting people in danger. Yeah. I've seen too many accidents and really bad accidents where you finally talk to the person and they're like, oh yeah, I was texting on my phone. Wow. Like I wasn't even looking. I had a really bad one not too long ago with a kid that... He, he was the driver? He was a driver and ran in the back of somebody and he was pretty lucky he was alive. I, and I even <sighs> told him that. And I think he knew it too. When I walked up to it, there was a couple people there and I didn't see how the person but no scratches no nothing like mm. it was just one of those accidents where you're like man somebody was had their hand on you that entire time wow okay yeah, yeah if i cry are you gonna let me out of a ticket no okay no okay the only time i ever did that was uh female was going into labor and i didn't know shut she, up and she was crying and she was speeding you know so she like, was legitimately going well, into labor yeah yeah like you can like you can tell like she was Full on oh pregnant and sweating and everything. And I was like, oh boy, this is like, I didn't, I didn't even run like her stuff. I was just like, go, let's, let's get you. And I made sure. And I mean, of course, you know, and honestly, I mean, of course there is that little thing right in the back of our head. We're like, are you, are you faking I get, it? Am I getting like, yeah, yeah. Are you, it is hot out, you know, but, but if she's that good of an actress, just let her go. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, you follow at a distance. I mean, I did at least and made sure, but yeah, she was, she went right to the hospital and yeah. What if I'm not wearing my seatbelt? Yeah. I mean, I'll probably give you a warning Okay, yeah, for it. Like stuff like that though. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to write you a ticket over it, but it's going to be more of a like, Hey, just make sure we got this on. Now, if 
I run into you two more other times. Yeah. Like, to me, it's going to be a different story. It's like, okay, how many chances do you want me to give you? You, know? you remember people. Yeah, there's people you remember, and wow. then there's people that like you. You have a lot of interactions with, or you know, you like I can sit here on this road and you can see the same car every day at the same really? time. Yeah, you know, sure. You just start picking up on things after a while. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. I th- <laughs> is your greatest advice just be nice and respectful Absolutely. to the police officer? Absolutely. No yeah. excuses. Be yeah. accountable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can. I mean, you. You know, if, most of the time, I think a lot of us are out there. We're just you know, teaching you a lesson, like, Hey, you can't be doing this. You mm-hmm. know, here's your warning. You know, don't be mad at us. We have a job. Okay. You know, we're just trying to keep you safe. Most of the time that's what that is. But what about quotas? When someone says you guys have quotas to fill? No, that's not true. Not true. Yeah. Okay. You hear about that too. Okay. So, but yeah, it's not true. If I want to keep my house safe, do you have one piece of advice? Cameras. Okay. Yeah. Like cameras. everyone should have a ring at this point. Yeah. Or if you can get like those little blink cameras, like around the corners of your home, just point them in all different directions. Okay. Those are really useful. Um, especially for you, know, you guys even. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, if somebody, you know, for instance, like somebody comes in and you got a camera in the corner over here and somebody busts in this window, like, yeah. you're going to see them coming up somewhere along. So it helps us kind of narrow it down. But like, you know, I don't know how many times we've gone somewhere and somebody's home was broken into or something they're like yeah we had nothing you have no suspect info no direction to travel you maybe not be able to see what vehicle they were in and so we're just kind of like well sorry i mean we'll take a report on it but like it's not much we can do at this point okay okay so can we talk about i don't know how comfortable you are you're two years into the job yeah can we talk about the most dangerous situation you found yourself in where your heart was beating fast i mean i don't have a lot but that's good that's yeah, good there's a couple though that make you like on the way there make you and it turns out to be nothing but i think the one that really made me um my, are you still on the 6 p.m to 6 a.m shift yeah that's the most yeah. scary shift yeah okay okay yeah i mean but the day shift i was on day shift for six months and that can be scary too i mean even though there's daylight like Bad people are going to do bad things. I know, like, you're right, you're it's right. Still, yeah. It's, but yeah, it's a little bit more nerve-wracking, I think, at, at nighttime. Yes. You know, because like flashlights only cover so much, oh you know. So, okay. um, yeah, no, I think the the one that I get hyped up about, and then um, let me ask this. Are we are we talking where a good outcome came out of it? Both. Okay. Let's do both. Okay, so the one I tell you that I got hyped up about, um, I was on... Prairie View Road, uh, going north on Prairie View and Muhammad, and I saw somebody blow the stoplight coming off the interstate. Got behind him and followed him. They sped off, did a U-turn, and got back on the interstate. So, like, immediately you're thinking the worst thing. Like, you know, they got a warrant or something like that, or they got something bad in the car. Um, mm-hmm. So I got terminated for it, followed him. And, uh, you got terminated for yeah, it? Yeah, so basically they told me to, like, shut it down. Like, shut my lights and sirens down. Don't don't pursue them anymore. They're still driving erratic. At that point, it was now uh, like it was dangerous to hmm. the other drivers on the interstate. Um, I got pulled off of it. Muhammad was coming. The people got off the interstate to go into Muhammad. Muhammad police come. They see him. They got behind him, and they took off. Turned into a neighborhood. Turned all their lights off, and it was dark outside. Now at this point, scary. So Muhammad got behind him. We got behind him. They pulled into this cul-de-sac and we went out and drew our guns down on them because it was now it was a felony stop now because um, they were evading evading us yeah and uh, so yeah that I mean that turned out good we we got them and 
you know, their whole reasoning was their tags were expired. That's why what? they didn't get which oh I was like, God. Man, you're just gonna get a warning out of that. Like it was so it turned into a bigger ordeal than it was. But you know, that goes back to drawing your weapon, like the last thing you want. Like I just want that thing to look like I I, I don't ever want to take that, that out. That could have gone so horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know what it's You think he's got a weapon or what I mean You what? don't know you don't know people's intentions at no. that point. You have no idea for expired tags. Yep, and they pull into somebody else's driveway and so you don't know what you're gonna you do those are the ones where i always tell everybody i have a good medium and bad plan like i think this is the way it's gonna go good mm-hmm. and i'm preparing myself it might get kind of sketchy there for a minute and then like oh man like i'm gonna have to get cover this is gonna be a bad ordeal okay what's the other one you think had a negative no it had a good outcome okay um it was towards the end of the shift i was working days and I was not in my beat where I was supposed to be. I was away from it and um, got called to a juvenile that um, jumped out of her grandma's car over um, off one of the roads in the county. Okay. One of the other deputies wasn't too far from me. So we started to head over there and they said uh, the, the grandmother couldn't find her because she got out and ran. Said she was laying on the tracks. And uh, so it's dusk so you're starting to lose some light well as we were on our way there the other deputy yelled there's a train coming oh my god so i get out of the car and i i don't see her and so i start running um towards the tracks and she was wearing all black and all she had on was the i could see was a pink hat and she just ever so moved it up to where i saw it and i charged after her and I remember you talking to Officer Brown about like the PTSD and stuff like that. I don't think it's that you hear stories all the time of like, man, I blanked out. Like, I don't remember stuff like your adrenaline's high. Um, but I can tell you all I remember is getting up there and I remember telling her to get off the tracks. I knew the train was coming. I didn't hear it. I didn't see it out of my corner of my eye. Um, I didn't hear the other deputy come up and, uh, I, pulled her off by myself and got her off the tracks and hmm. we talked to her, got her, you know, go get some help, got her to go to the hospital. Um, uh, as we went back and watched about it still like everything was a blank. I don't remember what I said to her. I don't hmm. remember what the conversation was. You know, all I remember was pulling up, seeing her and grabbing her off. And I don't remember really anything else, but I do remember talking, uh, to the other deputy about it and we watched the body cam footage and you can hear the train wow you know going to town on its horn ringing the oh bells and stuff and it wasn't that far from us from you know getting hit so it was a combination of like really good things or it could have went really bad yeah and it was him noticing the train on the way there getting hold of our dispatch telling them to call the you know canadian national whoever it was mm-hmm. to like hey tell him to get that train like slow it down um Jeez. you know I wasn't not saying that he wouldn't have gotten there, but like, you know, if I wasn't there at that time, you know, a couple minutes could have been a big difference. Maybe the train didn't see her, you know, it could have been a bad news. You know, if I would have been in my beat where I should have been yeah. at that time, it could have been a whole big different story, but kind of goes back to what we were saying, right place, right time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just really thankful that both of us were close enough to, to get her out of there. It's amazing that in these heightened situations, where your adrenaline's going, like you said, you're not even 
you can't even remember it. You're like blank. Yeah. That you remember the protocols. Yeah. And the processes. Yeah. And the Miranda rights and yeah. all of these steps that you have to take. And if you don't, you're in trouble or they can use it against you. And I think that's, you know, touching on this maybe even more, but I, that's that family aspect and that team aspect of this job, you know. Oh, if you don't remember, maybe somebody somebody else is gonna pick it up. Wow. You know, somebody somebody will see you that you know, you know, hey, stepped off to the side. You know, something's wrong. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll take care of it, and everybody picks each other up, and that's that's the kind of cool thing about this job. That's interesting. Yeah. Since you've started, have you seen the popularity decrease or increase? Um, I think it's increasing more. Um, you guys are becoming in better favor. Yeah. Okay. That's good. It's heading that way. Of course, you know, you, you always have in the back of your head, like one thing in the national news. Yeah. Sets you back. It's, you know, two steps forward, a hundred mm-hmm. step back, you know, you go into it every day thinking positive and, and hoping, you know, that, Hey, every little bit, every little thing that you can do, yeah. you know, maybe giving somebody this break is going to change the way that they, yes. they feel about you and police. Like over the license plate, the front yeah. license plate. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, every little thing that you can do. Every little chance that you could take getting out and, you know, playing basketball with kids, you know, yeah. in a in a neighborhood that they don't respect police, you know, because of the situation, which you understand. Yeah. Um, but hopefully going out there and doing that and being on community walks and stuff like maybe this will shed some light on, hey, we're not all bad, you know. Have you seen our community violence increase or decrease? Um, Because kind of at the same time as um, the law enforcement's going down in favor, our violence is going up in our community, I would say. Yeah. I think it it has its ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. I think it's going up and down. You know, you'll have a month where it's high and you'll hear about shootings and stuff. And then, you know, it's you won't hear about it as much. I still think, you know, it's there. I think the community of this county is still kind of coming down from it, um, the violence. But um, I think that has to do a lot with the leadership. And I think leadership has really seen that and wanted to take care of it and step up. And I think that's working, too. Do you think we're a safe community? Yeah, I think overall Champaign-Urbana is. Um, I still think that there are, there are ways to make it better. I mean, obviously, I think it's a little bit better than what it was you know, when all this stuff was going sure. down, um, you know, we still have the issues, you know, people, you know, places and restaurants downtown close at a certain time. Now they're not open as much, yeah. you know, they close parking lots and we, you know, Champagne police department still has its issues, you know, we'll help out every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they are doing a, a good job, but it's taking time. I should put it that way. It's not going away. Yeah. They're just, they're chipping away at it a little bit at, as they can. What do you say to someone who says they don't have anything better to do right now that they're giving me a ticket for speeding or the, you know, whatever. Do you hear that a lot? Oh yeah. Like, shouldn't you be out arresting yes. this person? I'm like, all right, well, where's this person at? Well, I ain't going to tell you. And it's like, well, how am I supposed to know where he's at Yeah, you know, or she's at or something? Right. Yeah, no, it's, you get to catch a bunch of flack all the time about stuff, you yeah. know, but you know, we always respect and tell them like, well, you violated this, you know, yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. it's, it's my job, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Okay. I understand. I understand. I'm just still bitter. <laughs> I'm just coming off that ticket. Okay. Let's talk about 1078 or back the blue. And when I say back the blue, that was the local chapter, if you will, because yeah. you said it's kind of 
all over. Yeah. And which led you to switch the name. Yeah. Because it was kind of oversaturated. So you took back the blue um, champagne, if you will, and yeah. you turned it to 1078. Yeah. Okay. So tell me when 1078 came around, the inception of it. You yeah. were still working at Bulldog? Yeah. I was still working at Bulldog okay. at the time. Yeah. So not even a police officer? No. No. You just saw a need. Yeah. So this started around, yeah, like the George Floyd stuff happened. You know, the riots were constantly happening all over. Um, you know, you started kind of seeing it around. Looting around town? Yeah. And <laughs> then I believe, oh man, when was it? So it was like Memorial Day weekend is when the when the looting and the riots happened oh, God, here. Yeah. And I remember specifically sitting uh, on my back deck uh had people over and you know the news popping up and um you know it's you're like man this is really happening in town yeah you know like this can't be this is champagne i know mm -hmm. we have its mm -hmm. problems but like this is nuts and you're seeing you know the riot gear out you know and the pepper spray getting shot out of the pepper cannons and stuff and they, you're just like what is going on people are scared to go on north yeah. prospect yeah. to the mall yeah and they're pushing out and so, little story time here, I guess, but like, um, there's construction companies that Bulldog works with that we were very close with. And, um, one of the guys posted on Facebook that it's going to be a late night for him. And I got a hold of him and I was like, Hey, how can I help? Oh, that's so and nice. they were going to start boarding up windows around the mall. Uh huh. So he's like, Yeah, come on in, man. Like, we can use all the help that we can so we can get in and get out. And it's weird when I say this because of it's one of those things like you had to experience it. And I, and I don't think anybody that like, if you didn't drive in this area, you wouldn't mm. quite understand, but you know, where like, you know, Mattis comes when you're driving on 74 coming into Champaign from Muhammad, the, it felt like there was this line wow. once you passed Mattis and got on the other side, cause you're seeing cop cars blocking off roads and neighborhoods and you get off the interstate and you get on the prospect and you're heading into prospect and it's ghost town. Mm. And this is like six, seven. So it's still light. And all you see is cop lights mm. just all over. And I get stopped, asked where I'm going. And I'm like, I'm going to help these guys. And you get escorted there. And so you pull up and you're just seeing the aftermath and you're hearing just stuff go around town. Mm. It's the creepiest thing in the world. And like apocalyptic, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like. And, you know, so you're like, you're seeing the aftermath of businesses looted, stuff that we, you're seeing on national yeah, television. Yeah, yeah. And we're just like, it'll never happen here. Man, that, yeah, it's never going to happen here. That's crazy. And yeah. then you see it. And like, I still had pictures of it on my phone. And you're just kind of like, how did we get here? Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. did we do? Yeah, so that happened. And, you know, all the stuff started happening here in town. And uh, August 6th, I was sitting in my work truck and I noticed there wasn't anything around here to, sub, you know, like Facebook group. And I, and I hate the word safe, safe spot. I, I, it sounds so soft, but um, there wasn't a place for police, police, families, supporters to go to um, show their thankfulness and go there and express how they felt in a good way. You know, it was getting just flooded with negative of police and you go on social media and it's like mm. hate the police hate the you know please you know f them f this all this you know and 
I was like, all right, cool. I'll try and do something. Honestly, I invited my friends. I thought there was going to be like 20 people in this thing. Um, so August 6th, I started it like 8.30 in the morning, started a Facebook group and invited a couple friends. And I don't think my phone stopped dinging the rest of the day of people who were inviting people, people joining, wow. people doing this. And I think within like three hours, there was like 1,500 people that no joined the group. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew you were really on to something and yeah. it was needed. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't uh, like, hey, look at me, look what I started. Yeah. I just started as a place to be like, hey, you know, you, you got an officer you want to say thank you to or say, hey, let them come in here so they can have a place where they could talk, you know, wow. or feel like, hey, we are loved. You know, a yeah. family can go see because you're, you're seeing this hate all over everywhere. And um, yeah. Did haters join the group? Yeah, we had a couple flow in. Okay. Yeah, and but you were kind of moderating? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you, you could block them. Yeah, you could, you'd could. you see it. Like, they'd be in there for a little bit, make some comments, and then all of a sudden, you'd, they'd say something that you're like, man, what's that all about? And then you go look at their profile and they, their stuff, and you're like, all right, you're out of here, man. Okay. We're not going to deal with this. The point of the group was to provide a safe space. Yeah. Physically, what did you guys do? Signage, um, bumper stickers? Yeah, so um, we just started doing... Um, putting good stories out there, good things, uh, seeing if, you know, if there's anything we could do, get a hold of people. Hey, can we provide meals or donuts or, you know, whatever, little snacks for you, appreciation, stuff like that. You know, hey, if you're at the gas station, like, you know, can we buy you a drink? You know, mm -hmm. can we just do something to make you like, it changes your day a little bit, a little bright side. Yeah. So we started doing that. Um, eventually we had a rally and um, we started in three different towns escorted by blue crew okay a motorcycle group and legion st michael and um got those guys to come in and help us out and we had it at the across the street from state farm center and uh had some really good speakers that showed up and just showed our support there so what's the blue crew it's a law enforcement motorcycle club Okay, so it's police officers that have motorcycles. Yeah, it's so it's guys that support police, guys who have been in law enforcement, okay. corrections, stuff like that, yeah. Is your 1078 still active today? Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. You started with 1,500 that first day. Yeah. Do you know what you have now? I think there's like 7,600 people in it. Okay. Yeah. So quadrupled or something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 1078, what does that mean? Needs assistance. Okay. In, in police 10 code. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. How did you get funded for your donuts, for all the <laughs> treats, for the... Yeah. So we had people that would like, um, you know, we work with like Einstein bagels. Uh, they would help us out with some stuff, um, give us discounts. We'd have people that would donate money, um, you know, and it, they would just here, take care of this. Here's what we can help. People would make goods. Um, or they would just say, hey, I'm going to go use my own money. Mm. Where are we going with stuff today? And just started putting stuff out. Okay. So, yeah. How can people support you? And what are you guys working on today? Um, we had a... Are you the most popular guy in your police officer I catch world? A, I catch a lot of flack from everybody. Oh, so, yeah. So like in a good... Like your teacher's pet. That kind of thing? I, nah, well, no, not really. But like if there's anything that has to do with like social media or like oh, okay. going on the news or like this guy, like <laughs> you can talk to him. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we had a back to badge fest. Um, it was a music festival okay. uh, two years ago. Just a place for, again, law enforcement yeah. and their spouses and everybody to come and just have a day to listen to music, have some drinks and just have a really good time and relax and see the support, um, having another one of those again, okay. um, this year. Well, do you know when it is? Yeah. October 7th. It's going to be up oh, in that's, Paxton. Okay. Yeah. October 7th in Paxton. Yep. 
So people want to attend? Yeah, so we're getting ready to announce the who we're going to have and everything. We're just trying to finalize some stuff. So we'll be posting it on our Facebook page, 1078 Foundation. Yeah, so we'll be excited when that comes out. And this is a one-man show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you haven't gotten any of your officer mates to help? Uh, no, they're there to support, though. It, yeah, it's that's all right. I like doing it. <laughs> okay. Um, what? hate i hate to say that word but um did people give towards you because of kind of this controversial subject you're supporting when the group got started yeah man yeah it caught a lot of hate like you were bashing heads with a lot of the opposite side Mm -hmm. um so going out like hey are you this guy like yeah really yeah it caught some of that which is fine did Uh, you find yourself like the face of this yeah wow yeah yeah yeah. okay and you know i tried reaching out you weren't even a police officer yeah yeah i just supported and you know and the thing is though i I think the greatest thing in the world and it's very cliche like you have a free voice in this country yeah you can you can support whatever you want Mm -hmm. you know you can tell me that your grass is blue cool that's what you believe that's fine sure i'm not gonna hate you for it where where i start having a problem with it is I'm going to listen to you. And I'm going to give you respect and I'm going to value your opinions. Do the same for me. Once okay. you don't, like we lost that connection there. You know, um, we all have a right to believe what we want to believe and feel how we want to feel. But we got to We got to talk about it. And that's how we're going to make a difference together. You know, I don't understand maybe what you've gone through. Or your community's gone through. Help me understand. Help okay. me understand where I'm coming from on this end, too. That's where we're going to change things up. But until that's able to do, it's going to keep butting heads. Okay. How did you handle um, the hate? Let's say you're walking in public. Was it mostly through social media where you got hate? Yeah, social media. Um, I'd show up to some of the um, Champaign City Council meetings, you know, and of course you get up there and talk and then they'd come in and say what they wanted to say. Oh my God. Especially it got really bad when um, we had a march, we call it March to the Council to try and change, you know, the Champaign City Council to kind of change their ways and kind of, you know, start showing some more support for the police and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got picked up, picked up by uh, Fox News nationally. Okay. Um, and so that really started catching a lot of heat then. Wow. With that. So, okay. yeah. Do you, in these kind of situations, do you fight back? Do you have a retort? Are you quiet? Um, no. What's your personality? How's that align? I mean, you get mad. You yeah. Know, you get mad because, you know, it's something that you support, something that you see. You have friends in it. I have lots of friends before. More, you know, I have more now because of the profession. But before the profession, I had a lot of friends that were in it. So it's like you're attacking my family. Yeah. Like, come talk to me about it, you know. Um, so you'd offer them to talk to you about it. Yeah. Come talk. Come sit down. Let's have a drink. Okay. Tell me what's going on. You know, some people didn't want to throw a couple curse words at you, tell mm. you to go jam it. And you're like, all right, man, until you're ready, I'm here. You okay. Know? So when you pull people over to this day, are you seen? Are you recognized? There's been a couple. Wow. Yeah, there's been a couple. Um, you know, and it's, I get a, not tooting my horn because I hate making it about me, but you do get a, hey, man, I, I appreciate, you know, what you're Aww. doing now. You're kind of like putting your money where your mouth is kind of thing, you yeah. know? Okay. Is there anything else you think I missed? I do want to know what your goal is in the next year in terms of our community and this organization. Broad question. Yeah. So as far as like goal, um, 
I guess it's very cliche, but like just trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we can all do on both sides. It's not just law enforcement. Yeah. It's, it's you, mm-hmm. it's the people who have problems with law enforcement. It's, it's everybody realizing that we all have a voice mm-hmm. and use it. You have a right to use it. So come talk to me. Don't, don't come with hate. Don't, yeah. don't come with, you know, comparing me to somebody, you know, come talk to me, the individual. I want to learn what's going on with you. I want to learn how I can make something, you know, because there might be something that I can click with you with on a call or help you out that nobody else might have or another deputy that I know who has dealt with something or another officer has dealt with something similar fashion might have better offers and and service for you um, than anybody else has before. And it might get along with you better. Once we can start establishing that connection of opening up and coming together, people are going to be more apt to talk to police when they see something that's going on. They know who did a shooting, know who broke into here. We're going to be able to start fixing things that way. And I'll be realistic. We're never going to, it's never going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. The community's never going to be perfect. But we can make it better. a hell of a lot better yeah. than what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope we're just on the upward yeah. trajectory. I hope so too. Okay. How can people support you and find you? Yeah. You can look me up on uh, 1078 Foundation on Facebook. Okay. Uh, message me there if you want to support. Nice I, things only, nice please. Nice things only. It'd be a pretty, you could throw your hate at me. That's fine. <laughs> I can handle it. But um, yeah, if you want to support, just get a hold of me. I got several ways you can help support us. Um, and always looking forward to more people helping out. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it's it. It's so nice to have nice guys out there and women. Yeah. And if I get next time, just let me go. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I will. Okay. I will. And that was a state police officer, by the way, that pulled me over. That's different. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. However your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, search and follow HyperLocalCU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at HyperLocalCU.com. Bye!